Look at that, Morgan. Ooh, ooh la la. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 140 somehow of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and oh snap, have we captured (laughs) and developed some raw (laughs) exposure into one of music's favourite filters on this episode. (laughs) Oh, you fucking absolute wanker. You massive wanker. Oh, I'm crying. I'm crying because... Uh, right, just in case anybody's joining us for the first time, number one, what the fuck are you doing? Go back and listen to loads of other episodes. I promise you we've got guests that you'd love. Number two, if you didn't know, Morgan does normally song title puns for whoever the guest is this week. But this week's guest is fantastic photographer and uh, all-round good human, Paul Harries. Yes, and what a legend he is. I think that's probably the most fitting word to describe him, if not one of the biggest names in alternative music photography over the last 30 years. His portfolio speaks for itself, not only becoming Kerrang! magazine's resident cover star, but working with everyone and I mean everyone from Slipknot to Julia Lipa, Metallica, Green Day, Foo Fighters, Linkin Park, Aerosmith, Nirvana, Evanescence, My Chemical Romance, Motorhead, Mark Ronson, Lewis Capaldi is endless. The list goes on and on. And we were very lucky enough to take some of his precious time to dive into the world of music photography and the man behind the camera. But Sean, you've had the pleasure of joining this elite list of, what, models? Well. With uh, Paul shooting a few of the Blackouts Koran covers. As an artist, how important is someone like Paul to the music industry and just his work in general? Oh, very important. Very important. I think a lot of people don't give um, photography enough credit. I genuinely believe that like, sometimes it can make or break a band. If you have good enough photos, you can con people into <laughs> thinking you're a professional band. <laughs> Paul has been at the top of his game now for like 15 to 20 years. As you said, he's smashed it. He's been all sorts of genres. He's done all of the legends. 
Everybody likes him. Everybody seems to be friends with him. Um, and yeah, it's just he's always he was always fantastic to us, even when we were a little band and nobody give a fuck about. And even towards the end, when we were a moderately uh, moderate sized band and nobody give a fuck about us, he was still super cool to us. So uh, yeah, I'm super chuffed that we can have Paul Aries on. Um, hopefully, this is the first of a couple of photographers we'll have on. Hopefully, I'd, I'd like to speak to um, several other people as well to get their opinions on stuff. But uh, yeah, this was a super interesting conversation. Getting to hear some of the stories Paul's had over the years from working with some of rock, metal, pop, life's biggest stars, I guess. Yeah, yeah, literally. We're going to get to reminisce about all of that. And it means a lot to us because he doesn't do many interviews, especially long-form conversations like this. So we'll be getting an insight into everything from stories behind some of his most famous images to his special relationship with Slipknot, releasing a book with them in 2015 titled The Functional Family Portraits, just being in some bizarre situations and all the work he's done in lockdown with his new print shop that you can go and check out at paulharrys.com. Yes, check it out. There's some fucking fantastic shots. I notice there's no one of me on there. Oh, that's fine. Shocking. Um, yeah, just... There's so many to choose from. I'm looking at them now and... Yeah, what a fucking lineup. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> What a lineup, and not me. Great. <laughs> Is this the first person we've had on who's worked with Nirvana? I'm trying to think. Have we had any producers on, or any? Who else have we had that could have potentially have worked with Nirvana? I don't know, but yes, Paul <laughs> did, and you will hear about that story later on in the chat. Also, um, if you've got any questions, ideas, guest ideas, or you want to know anything, or uh, just want to get in touch with us. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Sapplinpod. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, and please head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, if you've enjoyed this episode and want some extra Sapnin content throughout your week. But without any further ado, I think we should just go straight into this conversation with the wonderful Paul Harrys. Um, I once knew a guy who... uh, Here we go. I once knew a guy who was a photographer, but he got arrested for stealing other people's pictures. Go on. I still think he was framed. <laughs> I get a fra- framed. Oh, is the legend as Paul Harry's on episode 140 of Sapnin Podcast. The last fucking episode <laughs> of Sapnin Podcast. <laughs> Sapnin. Fucking hell. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's happening? What's happening? Hey! Yes! <laughs> Our guest this week is photography legend Paul Harris. How are you, Paul? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, good. good. Yeah, how have you been keeping over this crazy mental period? Oh, it's, it's, it has been a weird one, hasn't it? Um, yeah, I've, I've been keeping busy with my archive, really. Uh, sort of digitising quite a lot of the old stuff that was shot on film finally getting around to doing some of that and uh been doing little print giveaways as well which has been keeping me busy that's been nice yeah well i'm sure like over the last kind of two decades and whatnot you've taken so many photos that there must be so much in your archive you didn't even realize you had at one point so is this kind of like the last 18 months being an opportunity for you to dive back into that and find some rarities and maybe some outtakes you didn't even know you had yeah, there's been a few bits and pieces, a, a couple of slipknot shots uh, that I forgot I'd taken. <laughs> but that was nice to find. And um, it's mainly old live stuff, really, that I've, I'd forgotten about. So, Well, we appreciate you taking the time because every now and again, we do like to have a kind of behind the scenes look at a different aspect of the music industry, not just getting another band on. And I think photography is something that so many music fans love with visuals and everything. But don't really get to know the story behind stuff. So just on a really basic level, how when you're going to a shoot, do you have a kind of concept or an idea of what you want going into it? Or is it really depending on eye for detail and just what happens on the day? It's every single job is different. Um, sometimes, especially obviously I do a lot of work for Kerrang!, there will be uh, maybe a certain concept to to go along with the interview. If there's, you know, there's a particular story. And other times it's just get what you can because some bands are a little bit more short for time or not difficult, but maybe quite set on how they want to look. Well, yeah, is there... Um there's got to be some bands that have been difficult, <laughs> mind Paul. There's got to have been. Is there any, you don't have to name them, is there any you've hated working with? No, not, not apart really. Apart from the blackout, apart from the blackout. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, <laughs> stupid accent. Yeah, no, not, no, I, I find most rock bands are really easy to work with. Yeah, I've not really had any trouble. I've always wanted to know because, like, we've known each other for years and years and years and, um, but yeah, I've never really known your story of how you kind of got into mm. it all and how it started and what was your what was your big break? My big break was I always used to go to see a band called Fields of the Nephilim, um, like a goth band. They're still going now. That I 
probably one of my favorite bands. And I got to know the T-shirt guy. Anyway, I saw him, I bumped into him a little while after and I had a camera with me and he said, I didn't know you were a photographer. And he'd just started doing a fanzine called Helter Skelter. This is like late 80s, you know. And so I started doing some shots for his little fanzine, obviously just for the love of it, not getting any money or anything. But he, um, he then called me and said, my friend at Kerrang needs a shoot. Some want to do a shoot. They haven't got any photographers available. Would you be interested? So I immediately said yes, got in there, did that job, kept my foot in the door. And that was kind of how my career started at Kerrang. Wow. So I was very lucky. Because this, this is what happens. A lot of people ask, how did you get into it? And every, <laughs> every music photographer I know has got a different story. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, that's the kind of, that's kind of why we ask it really, to be honest. Because it's like, with other bands we've had on as well, like, you know, we're, we're just interested in personal stories. And I guess you've seen, seen some mad stuff. Let's, let's just, I'm going to rail, I'm going to rail off. Is that the right word? Reel off. No, not rail off. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm going to reel off some of the bands you, you've worked with. Well, just what's on this page here. And it's, it's incredible. Just for the listeners, obviously, you mentioned Slipknot. Linkin Park, Nick Cave, 36 to Mars, ACDC, Aerosmith, Avenged Sevenfold, Blink-182, Courtney Love, Metallica, Motorhead. Like, it, it just goes on and on. <laughs> Is there anyone that you really loved working with? Is there anyone that you've, you'd say that you've created a friendship with? I think it's Slipknot, really. I was really lucky to shoot them really early on. I did their first Kerrang! cover in uh, late 99. And um, when they came to the UK a little while after, we went to America to do that. And then when they came to the UK to play some shows, I, I saw them again. And they were really pleased with the photos. And uh, Joey said to me, you, you get us, you get what we're about. And I was kind of welcomed into their kind of inner circle well, not, not, you know, not like I was one of the band or anything, but, you know, they, they trusted me. And um, it's obviously gone on from there, really. Nice. Number 10, Paul Aries. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do have my own mask that I have to put on for the shoots. So. Oh. It, I'll, never, I'll never show it, though. Oh. oh. There's <laughs> people going to be listening to this, trying to like, work out what the hell that would look like but if we're talking about Slipknot I really wanted to dive into that relationship with you and the band because obviously you know you've released a book with them you've had various kind of exhibitions and stuff over the years and that does seem to be that extra level of trust between you and them who are especially a band who are often quite reserved and play on the kind of mystique and everything over the years what is it that you think kind of broke down those bar barriers where they could trust you and go to you as their kind of photographer to do major projects like that and, and know that you know, they, they can have that trust? I think when I did that first shoot with them, the cover that we, we did was uh, we just had the masks on the floor. We sort of arranged them and I did that with Clown. We kind of did that all together. And Clown's really the one who's in charge of the, the visual side of things. Well, at least that's the impression I get anyway. So I think it's a lot of it is down to clown. But most of the jobs that I've done with Slipknot, they're all, they've all been sort of Kerrang! shoots. I've not really done anything directly for the band before. 
you know, they're they're in America. I'm here, so it's yeah. usually when uh, when it's a, a Kerrang sort of thing. Who was your first big big shoot that you did, and uh, how was how was getting that? I kind of did. Uh, I did a thing with Lemmy when uh, it was for Kerrang, and it was when Lemmy was going to go to. Uh, I think he'd announced it, he was going to go and live in LA, so there was like this goodbye press conference thing at the uh, at the borderline. So I did some stuff with him. Yeah, I think once I was in with Kerrang, they sort of, sort of just threw me in there, really. So, did you see any mad stuff around Lemmy? No, not really. There are a couple of topless models there, which <laughs> obviously, looking back on that, it, it's a bit dodgy. But at the time, it didn't seem it. You know, yeah, well, that's it. I was going to say it's just, just like the blackout. Then you know us; we were constantly <laughs> wandering around with <laughs> topless models with us. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. that's just Gavin. That's just Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like as Sean mentioned, when you look at your kind of portfolio, there's so many like iconic acts over the years. I think a lot of music oh, yeah. fans will look at that as a kind of dream from people you've worked with, from Red Hot Chili Peppers to My Chemical Romance, and you've been lucky enough to travel the world doing your job and what you love as well and i'm sure this last 18 months as i mentioned you've been able to kind of reflect on a lot of things so when you do have that kind of time to look back at your career what kind of moments stick out for you is there any kind of just pinch me things where you're like how have i managed to get here how am i on iron maiden's tour bus how am i being able to do all these things for such a long period of time it's it's kind of weird really because you know once obviously at first I, I I would get probably quite nervous about being given the responsibility of flying somewhere and sort of thinking, I hope this all goes okay. I hope the pictures come out how I want them to. And um, But after a while, that sort of just became the norm. And then to be put in front of some of these bands, uh, I think it probably helped if it was a band that I, I wasn't majorly into, say. If it was a band I was really into, I would get very nervous. If it was uh, some, like, I remember once um, the guys from Motley Crue came into the office and I did some pictures. It was, um, uh, I think it was Nikki Six and Mick Mars came in. Don't mind the Motley Crue, but it did, I, I'm not really a massive fan, so it didn't really mean a lot. So it's quite easy to sort of order them around and go, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? But if it's someone you really like, it you kind of get a little bit more, oh, God, I don't know what to do. And it's that, that was, you know, back in the early days anyway. Yeah, who did you have that with then? Who were you nervous working with? Um, I, I was a really big Marillion fan when I was younger. And then when, when, once when I got to do a shoot with uh, with Fish, the original singer, that was that was really weird for me because I'd been to see them as a teenager and, um, you know, they played Hammersmith Odeon, as it was called then. And I went like four nights out of six to go and see them. So... To, to actually be face to face with him and and do a proper shoot that was really strange yeah yeah i can imagine well let's dive into the aspects of doing a photo shoot because as i mentioned a lot of people just see these kind of posters or covers of Kerrang and not know how things get put together so you mentioned when doing stuff that maybe there's a concept or something that goes into an interview what is your first kind of job getting on site obviously you're setting up and stuff but i mean how do you make sure you have that vision come to fruition? Look, as I said before, every job's different, really. Um, it's like, so for instance, I, I did the recent Koran cover with Bullet for My Valentine at, uh, at Download Pilot. 
And the brief was, we just want it to make look, it look like it's a download. So I had to get there and scope it all out. And we found an area behind the stage where I could shoot from that, that the background, you could tell it was definitely the download sort of stage, even though it was from behind. So it was just kind of fulfilling that part of the brief, really. But yeah, it would be do that and get my lighting ready, make sure everybody knows where they've got to be. Um, because, you know, as Sean knows, it's, uh, bands are like trying to control frogs or whatever. They just go yeah, in gonna, different directions. <laughs> I was going to say five puppies, but yeah. yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, boy, come on, get back in, get back in. Yeah, yeah I mean, probably the most valuable um, person is to have the, the PR with you who um, can go and round everyone up and, and make sure everyone knows what they're doing. I think they're the unsung heroes, really, of the music. Uh, the music press <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure the amount of kind of babysitting they kind of need to yeah. do and make sure everyone's there is uh is uncanny but um sure mentioned there obviously you've uh, done a, a few shoots of the blackout back in the day i think it'd be quite fun to kind of reminisce a few of them if we can oh what did we do we did that television program didn't we yes we did yeah yes I can't we did what that was called now no uh it was on ITV2, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was about nine years ago. Yeah. We did. I remember us doing a shoot where you had me hanging upside down off something as well. Oh, we had. Yeah, we had the. Um, that was at Holborn Studios, I think. And we had like one of the steel bar. Yeah, it looked like some sort of scaffolding. Oh, that's right. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. I remember being upside down like a bat. I remember um, that not being my idea. I remember that being <laughs> the, the, the magazine's idea. So. That's about right, yeah. What can we do to make... Well, that twat will go upside down on command. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get our twat then, to go upside down. And then we had to do that Halloween one, didn't we, in the in the woods with the masks yes. and stuff. Oh, that was that. all very strange. Yeah, and r- with runners. Yeah, that's the thing, because people see these glamorous shots in Kerrang! and they're like, oh, that's cool, they did this Halloween one. They don't realise that was up at, that was us. Us six and Paul up in a mountain in Caerphilly with it freezing cold with runners running past us being absolutely terrified because we're there with like horror shit and blood on us and stuff like that. And yeah, people don't realise sometimes how unluxurious shoots are, I think. Well, it was, I think it was a bit cold as well, wasn't it? I think, yeah, well, it would have been if it was Halloween. We were probably yeah. doing it early, early, early October. Yeah, mad. <laughs> so with that is would you say it's sometimes not always about getting the best maybe photo you can but something capturing something a little bit different that shows your kind of band or art or anything like that in in a new light because i'm sure you've had loads of kind of things like that pop up in the past what you mean sort of like putting a creative spin on yeah yeah because because obviously a lot of your work as well you have you've got some great shots of intimate moments with bands behind the scenes like for example yeah. metallica coming off stage or slipknot hugging and people you know don't normally get to see that so yeah it might, right, not, yeah. it might not be a perfect photo in terms of positioning and angles and stuff but it's captured a, a rare moment that no one else is seeing yeah yeah exactly i mean we see a lot more of that now with people or, or bands posting on their own instagrams but probably 20 years ago we were the guys that were getting those shots um, when we were doing a lot on the road features and catching those sort of moments. And 
looking back on those, especially with someone like, say, Chester Bennington or whatever, you kind of maybe had a picture and think, oh, that, that's all right. It's quite a nice picture of a guy sitting backstage. But then when you look at them now, it's like, oh, wow, that was, you know, he, him being himself there. He wasn't performing. He was just having a, a sit down and a laugh. Or I've got pictures of Chester Bennington playing uh, table football um, while they were waiting to do an interview. Oh, wow. Uh, MTV interview, I think it was. And we were just sort of hanging out and, I think he was playing with one of the other guys in the band, but yeah, he's sort of, and he's laughing and, and all this sort of thing. And yeah, the, the, those, especially if someone has died and you, you look at an old picture of them, they sort of take on a bit of a new meaning really. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I was looking at like your Soundgarden photos, the Prodigy ones, the Nirvana ones, and yeah, they're just amazing moments in time that are just, you've just captured. And it's, that's like, you know, whether you, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but to a lot of people who are, who are fans of those, these are really important moments as well yeah. at times. So, mm. yeah, these are, yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, uh, I mean, there was, um, when uh, Chester did pass away, I, I had a message from uh, from Kerrang saying, look, you know, can you have a look through your archive? Let us know what you've got because this has happened and we need to put, put it on the cover. And... Um, the cover we ran was a shot of Chester with his hands over his face. So you could see the, the flame tattoos on his wrists and he was uh, just sort of looking through his fingers. And it was a shot that was completely passed over at the time. Um, but then looking at it after what happened, it's like, oh, wow, that, that's got to be the shot. Yeah, it's crazy how things like that, like, mm. it's, it's, I guess everything with kind of stuff like with Chester, like, if you if you listen to the lyrics, like he was he was kind of telling us all all along about about how he was feeling and stuff, and then you know when when you look back through photos, now you can probably in hindsight you're like oh perhaps he was seriously depressed that day or yeah looked a bit down or yeah it's just I I just find it mad I just find it crazy that these are like just still moments in time where anything could have been running through people's heads or whatever and it's crazy to me sorry i just got one of them yeah um, no. no but uh, who, is there any is there anyone that comes to mind where you feel that maybe you've been able to contribute a bit a bit more to and who have kind of connected with you that you've gone out on tour so much and helped them capture those iconic moments um n- nothing really springs to mind i mean you know i like to i like to let bands be who they are i don't like to sort of try and mould them it to be something they're not because it usually backfires and you know there's there's been a few photo concepts over the years and it's just not right for the band so i don't i don't know really can you share any of those concepts where some, i don't know you know somebody thought it was a good idea or well what there was one time that um i was asked to do some pictures of royal blood and they were quite new a new band at the time. And I was asked to take pictures of them with, uh, you, you know, the picture of Jack Nicholson with the magnifying glass yeah, where he's kind of, you know, and, and I think if you, I mean, I've seen Marilyn Manson's done that and Dave Grohl. And purely for that reason, I, I didn't really want to do that idea again because it had been done. But I also said, uh, said to the magazine at the time, it's like, they're not recognizable enough to do that yet. 
Mm. Um, but but they were quite insistent that I did it, and and it just it didn't work. It just didn't work for them. So I mean, we didn't use those pictures in the end. Yeah, if you have to try and convince a band to dress up in some weird outfit because that's kind of the brief someone's wanted. Like if you have to get I don't know Iron Maiden in a dis- 80s disco outfit or something. Um, <laughs> we well, I did a shoot with the Dillinger Escape Plan where they were naked. Oh, and they were doing the. Um, <laughs> You know the the, the Austin Powers, mm. where everything's being covered up. <laughs> there were like lots, of, lots of household utensils that were being used to to cover them, and um, the band were under the impression that they would they were they'd been told that if they didn't do this, they wouldn't get the coverage, and it was nothing to do nothing to do with me at the time. I was just told we're, we're doing this, and. Uh, they did it, but I, I, I've heard since that they, they weren't exactly happy about doing it. Oh. Were they, um, use the pervert in me, as well. were, they all Billy Bo- were they all Billy Bollock naked or did they sock Yeah, up? yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Dillinger. Of yeah, course yeah. they fucking did it. Of course yeah. they fucking did it, man. <laughs> Mad bastards. Uh, on, on that line, though, like obviously we've mentioned that most of your portfolio is, is massive iconic figures. And I'm sure a lot of them are known for having a kind of signature pose or a certain facial expression. For example, like Ozzy Osbourne laughing madly is something people like to use and that always comes to mind. But is there anything you do to try and get them to go into a different direction, try something new? Because I'm sure a lot of these people are natural. They've done photo shoots all their lives. They, you know, they're up for the ideas but there must be a few people who are quite nervous quite shy and their body language yeah. might not be as open yeah it, it never really works if you try and get someone to be more animated than they would normally be it, it always comes across as looking really awkward and then you know trying to get people to go it's easier to get people to go the other way it's easier to say well, look you know just let's calm it down and make it look a little bit more serious this time but yeah to try and to try and get some sort of scream or leaping towards camera. If you're either into that or you're not really. So it's quite difficult to try and convince someone to be something they're not, you know, the blackout were easy. They, they'd do anything. <laughs> yeah. What? Any sort of coverage? <laughs> Fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. Chop my own head off for coverage. Cha-ching! Yeah. Off it goes. Yeah. 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 Well, it's de- yeah, but that's just desperation, Paul. I don't think yeah, that was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't nice personalities. That was, oh, please, like us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever... Here's a question. Have you ever had to edit cocaine out of anybody's nose? <laughs> no. No. Oh, no. boo. Sorry. <laughs> no. Who would you say are people who just, like, kind of ooze out charisma, though? Oh, it's probably, you know, people like Ozzy and Metallica, people that have been doing it for a long time, they just know what to do. You know, the Chili Peppers, are you might not get along with them, but they're very easy. They know what they're doing. Rammstein are are kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, in what way? I think it's possibly, I mean, they're very German, I suppose. And (laughs) um, uh, so you'd, I, I remember at the end of the shoot, that I'd done with them. I, I wasn't sure how it had gone because I w- really wasn't getting much from them. Uh, like as in feedback, they would do everything I asked them to do. Um, but Paul in the band said to me afterwards, Oh, that was good. We really enjoyed that. 
I'm like, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, let your fucking faces know when. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Fucking hell. What a crazy band, yeah. I'd imagine they would be a bit. Well, that's the thing. Like, what we've. We've spoken a couple of times on here about um, people talking about like German reviewers and yeah. how like they're just so blunt. Like I was, um, we were on tour with Funeral for a Friend, and I was watching Matt the singer do an interview with a German um, publication, and they said to him, "So your new album, do you like it?" And he said, "Yeah, I love it." And the guy said, "What? Really?" <laughs> <laughs> but, that's how a lot of them are. They're just strangely blunt. They, I don't think they mean anything by it, but it's just... Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I can't remember what band said this to me, but they said they were doing an, an interview. It may not even be a German, it might have been just a, a foreign journalist, but they basically just turned the tape recorder on and went, so talk. Oh, <laughs> oh <I don't> know. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah. Oh, there you oh. go, Sean. We'll use that from now on. We'll just... Something, something, something. I will you with Paul Harris. Paul, talk. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you very much, Paul. That was the end of this week's episode. That's fucking brilliant. Do you know what? This Germans are so efficient that that would be a perfect yeah. podcast, wouldn't it? Brilliant. I need to say as little as possible. Something, something, talk. That's fucking... Oh, God. God bless the Germans. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Um, but on the on the flip side of working with all these people as well, I, you know, you mentioned that with all these Quran covers, especially, you get to work with a kind of the kind of new generation of bands who are up and coming, and making a lot of noise and have a lot of buzz around them. Um, I know just lately at the time of recording, you've done um, Employed to Serve, Loathe, and Don Broco. On some aspects, is working with new bands like that quite exciting for you because there's a kind of new buzz around it and they're up to new ideas and you can try different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, Loaves are really cool to work with because, mm. you know, they, they've got, I could get quite, quite creative with that one, uh, with lighting and we did some nice long exposures and all that sort of thing with that shoot. And it really seemed to suit the band well. And well, what did we do with Don Broco? We just did loads of, Karang just said to me, make it colourful. So like, loads of different colour paper backdrops with that one. And we just went crazy ripping them all up and everything. And yeah, Employed to Serve, that, that was um, that was more, the, the, that shoot was kind of based more on what the album cover is going to look like for the, for the new album. So we kind of stuck with the colours with that to sort of guide the shoot, really. With that then, is it, that's an interesting point, is it quite harder or easier in many aspects where a band have such a aesthetic or a fashion sense that maybe you have to go around their certain rules or what they're trying to portray because like for example um my chemical romance you've done so much with them and to me they're the ultimate fashion bands going from different aesthetics album yeah. to album so is it when working with them is that kind of is that easier because you kind of know what you need to do you know you need to do something like the black parade or you need to do something like danger days or does it create more problems because you're limited um well both shoots that i've done with them for, for those different al album cycles they they just happen to have those costumes with them you know so that made life quite easy when I did shoot Black Parade, uh, the manager was there and he was quite insistent that I only shoot them from the waist up because they didn't actually have the the correct trousers. Oh, nice. Wait a minute. I've got a police photo. I've got a police photo. This Black Parade one now. So, yeah. Oh, you can't see I'd the legs. 
Yeah, I, like, I, I love the idea. Like they all just turned up with like pink shorts on. Like, oh, we got the top. I got the makeup. I can be as pale as you want, but please leave the yeah. board shorts out to this. Yeah, they were wearing. Uh, they were wearing shorts and Crocs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my uh, Crocmans, nice, good on yeah, them. I mean, no, they they did actually have black trousers on, but and it wouldn't have made any difference. But he he was quite adamant about it. So, what? Why are my chemical romance like to work with though? Because I know for I know in fact they love working with you over the years, and they always share kind of photos and memories of your work together. Yeah, they're lovely. They're really nice. Um, Gerard was really cool i did some nice stuff with him when he did his solo project um and that was quite nice just to spend a bit of time with him on his own yeah they're they're, they're super lovely all of them yeah i've got a couple of them i want to add to this so i want to know where so i've had a couple of run-ins with jared leto and he's, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's a strange one um how was he because he seems in the photos, like he's up for everything, and the photos you've got of him are classic photos of him that we probably all remember from back then. Yeah, was he ever difficult to work with? Um, have you ever shook his hand? Ooh. Ooh. I have I have shook it. Sh- oh. I, have sh- I have shaken his hand. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a strange guy. He's quite... Um, I mean, he's from the film world isn't he so yeah he's, mm. he's quite interested to see what lighting what's going on and it's quite hands-on with all that sort of thing um he only likes to be shot from one side as well well that's what but, yeah it's noticing you know he's always hey, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's, always, it's always yeah. left hand side yeah yeah what what's that then is it what's oh, he got on the right hand side that we don't know about <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you just, I, <laughs> I was actually taking some pictures of him once when um he was being interviewed. So they were just sort of like flying the wall shots of the interview happening. And as I was moving around the room, he could see me and he was moving his head. So, so I couldn't get, it was quite, it was quite strange. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Good looking work from Jack. Imagine being so good looking, right? Even just on one side of your face, right? I'd love to be as good looking on one side of my face as him. I would literally fucking be showing it off constantly. Like, what a fucking cracking head. What a bonkers fella, though. Yeah, he's nice. He's all right, though. He's okay. Oh, yeah, he was lovely to me, but he's just... Yeah. He was gloved up. Um, he, he wouldn't shake our hands. He hugged me, which was weird. Um, and then, yeah, another time, man, I saw him doing Tai Chi in an airport after we came off Sunway Festival, and he was, like, wearing all white. <laughs> and oh, Zach yeah, yeah. Ro- Zoc Dallarosh and Robert the zombie were laughing at him. It was, uh, it was yeah, very strange. Um You've worked with Robert the Zombie as well, I've noticed. Was he dusty? I'd imagine he comes dusty. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's all right. I actually went uh, I went to first time I properly worked with with him. I went to Canada to do a shoot and I turned up and, and they had no idea I was coming. I had to kind of oh. blag my way in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. And because of the time difference, there was no one in the UK they could call because it was sort of an hour before the show or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, well, they, were they trying to phone Kerrang to be like, is this fella real? <laughs> yeah, well, kind <laughs> of, yeah. Yeah. It was, I, don't know, I don't know what had happened. <laughs> but in the end, he was just like, ah, oh, coming in. Right, i got to get covered in sand. i got to go on stage. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, my last one I definitely need to know about is the tap. You've shot Spinal Tap. 
Oh, I have, yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? How was that? Um, were they fun? They were really funny. Um, that was when they were here for, it was an Amnesty International birthday celebration. So it was early 90s. And um, the first, I did not twice, actually. First time I did it, it was just Derek and David. And they were really funny. And we got everyone else involved. There was, uh, Jonathan Ross was there. And, uh, and he, he got involved in some pictures. And, uh, you know, Derek Smalls was putting a banana down his Yeah, And they, they were really good fun. Um, and then they came back when I think, because they had an album come out shortly after. And, they, and all three of them came back then. And I did, did some more stuff with them. Nice. Any, um, yeah, any ego at all with them? Or were they just... Did they stay in character the full time? Ooh. Pretty much, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Well, well, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But it, it must be cool sometimes just to look back at your portfolio. I know we've mentioned it a few times, but like I know, for example, there's a lot of gothic uh, rock bands like your Evanescence, Him... Um, and all those who fan base absolutely adore any little shot, anything that comes oh, out from them. Any, anything I put on Instagram of either of those two just goes nuts. <laughs> have you have you had just kind of weird like interactions with their fans off that? No, actually, you know, most people are really cool, and they, yeah. they um, and they're really cool. I mean, the, the nice thing is that they sort of repost my work and obviously gives me more and more followers on Instagram, which is, uh, which is nice. Yeah. Those, those two bands in particular have got such a cult following. It's incredible. Oh yeah. Especially, uh, the hymn fans mm. that they're, 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 well, they're, they're not crazy. They're, <laughs> they're, they're crazy in love with him, you know? Yeah, uh, and, yeah. uh, there's a lot of interest on, and they, they keep asking me if I know what's going on and oh, I, <laughs> I haven't spoken to him for about three years. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, you know, you don't you never know. We might need to take some photos or something. So they probably well, hopefully. I mean, <laughs> you know, we will start flying again. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of flying, um, you know, you've alluded it there that you've travelled like so many different places for shoots and going to people's houses and and what What's the what's the craziest place you'd say or situation you've ended up in for a photo shoot or just having to to work? I mean, I mean going to Australia with Slipknot that that was. That was really cool. Um, trying to think where else I went to Japan with him. We did like some uh, locking on the road thing in Japan. That was that was really nice being in Tokyo. We stayed at the um, the hotel. Oh, what's the film called with Scarlett Johansson? Lost in oh. Translation. We stayed at that hotel, so that was really cool. I'm trying to think of any anywhere really weird that I've ended up. Any weird houses? Any anyone got like some crazy things on the wall you just didn't expect? No, I, I did a thing with um, that you know that band I Hate God. Oh, yeah, yeah, did some stuff with them in New Orleans, and and we we ended up going to some witch, like a voodoo witch uh, sort of Aww. thing. <laughs> uh, As you do, uh, and that, was, that was all really strange. Uh, but but she was like, no, you can't take any photos here. So it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, it's cracking. I'm here for nothing in love. Cheers. Um, oh. Lots of, lots of, lots of, chick lots of caged chickens and, and stuff like that going. It was all a bit weird. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just love that. Yeah, oh, 
I love yeah, just being situ- like in much finding yourself in situations you would not expect. <laughs> mm. oh, I was expecting to say somebody like you went to um I don't know, Ozzy Osbourne's house or something and it was mental or uh, yeah, or a flat. A flat he's got in Birmingham. Oh, imagine <laughs> if Ozzy had a flat. That'd be class. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, um, do you do you have do you have a favourite shot? Ooh. Yes, I do. It's um it's one of Corey Taylor. And it's um, it's of him in the cornfield on his own, um, and that that picture kind of happened by well, not accident, but I was ready to take a shot of the whole band there, and uh, and Sid had been injured because uh, it was a I was there for the psychosocial video shoot, so they were waiting for it to get dark. So I had a bit, I had a bit of time with the band before it got properly dark. Uh, but Sid had gone missing and, and he'd cut his head open. So he was at A&E getting his head sewn back up. What? So um, so I just said to Corey, can I just get you there so we can get some pictures just before the sun goes down? And uh, and he came out. And and I'm glad that it was just him because that ended up being probably my most favourite picture I've ever taken. Yeah, it's awesome. I was just looking at the Slipknot ones now, and I remember distinctly seeing that one you've got of Sid diving. Mm-hmm. I literally remember seeing that and going, what the fuck is this? I need to see this band now. Is that the one, um, is that the one at, at a festival? Or... Oh, yeah, that was the Kerrang show, yeah. yeah. That, that was uh, Christmas 99, it was. I, yeah, I literally remember seeing that and going, what, what I just not being able to understand like where's <laughs> so many questions what's going on where's yeah. he come from where's he going who's gonna catch him did people catch it like I was just like what the fuck is this amazing that was, amazing. That was probably one of the most amazing gigs I've ever been to that one there was such a, a weird expectation of you know there was a real buzz around Slipknot they'd never been to the UK before there was no support band it was just them and you just feel the excitement in the room of everyone waiting for them to come on. Where is it? Is it? Astoria. Is it? Ga- is it? Oh, mm. yeah, of course. Of course I don't recognise it. We <laughs> went it twice. Um, but when, you, when you're shooting live performances as well, and especially as an energetic live band like that, I'm sure you've just got to be like on alert for random things happening like that, someone jumping, someone doing something crazy that you don't want to miss. Yeah, yeah, well, there's a there's a lot of luck involved with with some of that, you know, because you know the amount of times I've been at one side of the stage, focusing on one member of the band, and then it's like something's happened over the other side, and you think, oh god, I missed that, and bloody him from that other magazine got it, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know it it happens. You can't be in two places at once, you know. So also, it can happen. You get stage access with a band, and you think, oh, you you can. Sometimes you, you're on stage thinking, oh, I've got great access here, but if I'd been at the front, I'd have got something else that was amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's just the right place, right time for, for a lot of those shots. But one that comes to my mind is that when you have uh, Frank Iro at Download Festival 2007, where he's oh, playing, yeah, yeah. playing guitar and the crowd at the back of him is just a lovely image to capture. Yeah, that was really cool, that was. And you can see the, uh, the Dunlop arch. I think I think it might be a bridge actually over the track because it was the download stage when it was in the old position. Uh, but yeah, that was really cool. Again, you know, just just fortunate to be allowed up there to do it. 
Who who's the craziest band live that you've had to go? All oh, right, I really need to be all over the place now for a oh, shot like this. Jesus, insane clown posse. Oh, what? God. <laughs> I mean, that that was just ridiculous. I soaked in my skin, and it, it was horrible in that horrible Fago stuff. Oh yeah, oh, sticky oh, God, pop yeah. covered in sticky pop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why did they think that was a fucking good... <laughs> who thought... Oh, I tell you what, I'll bring it a pop and we'll just throw it on each other. Oh, no. Mental. Uh, uh, yeah, did you get to spend any time with them? How are those two? Yeah, I did a couple of shoots with them. Um, yeah, they were all right. They, they, yeah, they seem interesting figures from what I've yeah. seen online. Well, I mean, you know, most bands that want to dress up are pretty good to photograph. You know, they, yeah. they want to show off, don't they? It's, yeah. uh, you know... Yeah. Um, do you have any Kurt Cobain stories? Uh, yeah, I, well, I've got a couple of, there's a, a good, a good and a bad side to, to the Kurt Cobain stories, really. Cause the, the first time, uh, the first time I met him, it was a bit of a disaster, really. I, he was in a really weird mood and didn't want to, he was giving one word answers to the interview that was being done did the pictures with me and he really, he wouldn't look at the camera and I asked him to look at the camera and he went, I don't want to. And it was all very, very odd. Um, and, and it was very early days for Nirvana then as well. I think they just played um, the Astoria the night before. So it was nine, 91. And then um, I, I actually couldn't listen to the record for a long time after that. It just really ruined it for me. And a few years later, uh, the Buzzcocks were supporting Nirvana. This would have been sort of 94. Um, they took the Buzzcocks out on tour with them because he was a big fan of the Buzzcocks. And the Buzzcocks took us out on the road for a couple of days to sort of do this thing. And anyway, we, we, we asked Kurt Cobain if he would talk to us about the Buzzcocks. And he was more than happy to. And he was absolutely lovely. Oh, nice. it's it's weird, but I mean, obviously, I mean, that was quite close to to when it all happened with him as well. Yeah, yeah, it it is interesting hearing those kind of two sides to to someone like that. But I, I do get that kind of feeling that Kurt hated that kind of press and just trying to mm. oh, it, yeah, it, yeah. all the other things that came with being in the band rather than just writing songs and playing. Yeah, live. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we obviously know a lot more about about him now. Than, than I did at the time and I was just in my early 20s myself so it's like oh, oh this guy in the band is not very nice most people are you know really cool and but anyway you know mm-hmm. yeah so, so you'd say people who mostly who are like have that kind of image of makeup and masks and stuff like that are normally the ones that are up for more kind of ideas they've, they've kind of got to be really yeah, they? So yeah, they put, that, they put that outfit in haven't they so they might as but well I, I think that's that's the kind of music that I've always been drawn to anyway. I mean, when I was growing up, it was all it was all about Adam and the Ants for me. All that sort of visual type of thing and toy era and all that sort of thing. I loved all that when I was growing up. Mm. Yeah, and, and Andy Beersack's got to be one of your favourite people to shoot as well. Yeah, yeah, he's really cool. And obviously, you know, he really cares about what he looks like. And yeah, he's, he's well, all, all the band are nice, actually. All about Val Brides. Well, you've mentioned Slipknot quite a bit. I know we touched on them earlier, but can you tell us a little bit more about the book you released a few years ago? Yeah, I, I, um, I did, I did an exhibition uh, on them. I asked their manager if it was cool if I did it because they, uh, 
they were coming to the UK to play Sonisphere. Um, and I'd, I'd already done an exhibition with some friends of mine. And when I was trying to pick the pictures, I did think to myself, I could just do a Slipknot exhibition, the amount of shots I've got. And I asked the manager if I could. And he said, yeah, by all means, do it. And, and then a few of them came to the sort of opening night, which was really nice of them. And um, it, it was mentioned in conversation with the manager about doing a book. And he went, yeah, I think you should do it, Paul. So I had full support from the band, which was great. Um, got some quotes in there from them as well. And yeah, yeah. Then it came out in 2015. It was going to come out a little bit before. And then they did um, the, the Grey Chapter album. And I was going to be getting new pictures. And I thought, well, it should be as up to date as possible. So we sort of put the book off a little bit so I could get those pictures in. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, thank you for that. But is there any other kind of exhibitions or books or anything down the line that you've had the idea of maybe wanting to do again? Yeah, definitely. Definitely love to do another exhibition at some point. I mean, obviously, it's been a bit difficult the last few years. Last one I did was about four years ago. So definitely time to um to put another little collection together yeah any ideas gone through your head that maybe you can tell us about or what it could be it would it'd be nice to do something of the sort of more behind the scenes sort of uh, behind the scenes and unseen images i think i found some really nice pictures of ozzy osbourne um recently i did like a, a studio shoot with him in london but i just took some um sort of fly on the wall shots of him in the dressing room. Uh, and they're really nice pictures, you know, that no one's ever seen before. It's just, you know, again, it's, it's not Aussie doing his crazy faces. It's just Aussie being Aussie. So th- yeah, there's, there's, there's a few bits and pieces like that that would be good to put together. It's, t- I mean, it's time consuming. That's the only thing. Mm. Yeah. You know, I can, I can imagine, but as you've mentioned over this last year, especially you've been able to update your print shop uh, a lot with these, mm. with these new photos. I know you're always kind of doing giveaways and deals and stuff with, with it all. Um, feel free to tell us about it, plug it away. It sounds super interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening. will want to go and check out and have they to know should. home they decor. 100% should. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of the, the idea sort of came for, for the giveaways was last, um, Last March, I'd thought about doing something like that just to uh, just to sort of. Get, it was, it was. I saw an artist had done some giveaways, and I thought, why has he done that? Why has he done a giveaway? And I and I sort of looked at it, and I thought, actually, it's quite a nice thing to do, and sort of build up a bit more of an audience and that sort of thing. So I did a giveaway in March, and it just sort of happened that that was the first time we went into lockdown. And I got so much feedback from people saying, oh, this has really cheered me up. This is that, you know, it's really made me happy. Thank you so much. So I thought, I'll do one next month. And then I kept, like the first one I did was Slipknot. And then I can't remember the second one was possibly Chester Bennington or Ville Vallo. They they were very popular. So I just thought, I'll just keep doing this every month. Everyone seems to really enjoy it. And I had so many people thanking me and telling me that it's got them out of a dark period or whatever, just by getting a, an A4 print from me, I just carried on doing it really. And also it's a nice way to get people to visit my website and have a look around uh, and see what else is there, you know? 
Yeah, well, that's what I was just about to mention. Yeah, everybody check out paulharries.com. That's P-A-U-L-H-A-R-R-I-E-S.com. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's, I guess, hundreds. <laughs> there's got to be hundreds of prints available. Um, and I guarantee you he shot one of your, he, he shot your favourite artist at some point. Here's a question. What's your best-selling photo? yeah. Um, it is, let me think. I would say it is a shot of Vio Velo with smoke coming out of his mouth. Ooh. It's a black and white shot. And that's been very, very popular. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does look very attractive. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm not even fussed on him, and I might buy. I, I might buy that. I was going to say, Sean's just added that to his cart straight away. Yeah, going. Maybe if you, maybe if you weird in my belly, that's what. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that just shows that the. Uh, determination by those hymn fans as well i think that's something that a lot a lot of them will will have up in their homes yeah i mean it's been it i mean that that picture has been in kerrang at least twice i think as a poster or well what once in a feature and then again as a poster and but but people want a big version of it on really nice paper and uh yeah other than other other than that maybe that photo is there is there do you think a shot that people say Oh, that's Paul Harry's. I think some of the early Slipknot stuff, definitely. There's the picture of them in uh, like a kid's playground. I know a lot of people have, have spoken to me about that one. Just saying that they had that poster on their wall from Kerrang! when they were first into Slipknot. But yeah, everybody needs to check out paulharrys.com. Um, yeah, where can, where can they follow you online? Um, on Instagram, Twitter and stuff? Oh, uh, just at Paul Harry's on Instagram. I mean, that's, that's where I... Uh, I mean, I try and post something every day on uh, Instagram. Sometimes twice a day. Depends how I feel. But, yeah, I try and put a lot up there. I enjoy Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I prefer Instagram. Yeah, same. It's Tw- just Twitter's yeah. just becoming a cesspool. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've never really got on very well with Twitter. Um, mm. It's either hit or miss on there, I think. It's either... You've got it's a yeah. miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you yeah, know... Yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, I can put a picture up on Instagram and, and, you know, if there's a little story to go with it, I sometimes give a bit of background on that, that sort of thing. Well, Paul, just a couple of very more quick things before we let you go. Um, Obviously, I'm sure there's plenty of photographers listening to this maybe wanting to have some advice or any words of wisdom for yourself or just any little things you can pass on that just as maybe as a creative that has helped you along the way is, is there anything that comes to mind with that anything that if you're a photographer now in 2021 i know uh i know you know covid doesn't help but anything you think could uh help them along the way uh yeah i mean but i i kind of always looked at uh not not just photography to get my inspiration i, I kind of look at films and the way films are lit and things like that and and sort of even I remember going to the theatre once and seeing some some lighting that looked really interesting and trying to think, oh, how have they done that? That looks really cool. So just always be sort of keep your eyes open and look for inspiration everywhere. <clears throat> I think uh, that that would be uh, a sort of a creative thing to think about anyway. Nice. I think you should have gone for Paul uh, for Liam Gallagher's advice, Paul, um, for when he said, um, do you have any advice for any upcoming bands? And Liam Gallagher <laughs> said, yeah, stay the fuck out of my way. 
<laughs> so that's, that's it. if you'd gone with that then people would have been like oh I can't go near him don't go near Paul He's very, he right, was very okay. aggressive on the end well, of let's, let, let's do that again then <laughs> alright cool Paul do you have any advice for any upcoming photographers yeah just stay the fuck out of my way there you go hey, we got there it we are. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sound oh, bite God, that's so not what I'm like I, I could never no, say I know. That. That's, that's why I'm so good about it that's why I like about it fucking <laughs> <laughs> brilliant class so, and, and yeah. with all that is there anything else we can expect from you coming up any shoots you, maybe you can tell us about anything to look out for not really it's all a bit kind of um, this bit of a uh, well not things are still falling into place so there's there's nothing amazing to report at the moment um there's a i did do a shoot with someone very famous yesterday but i can't speak about that one uh, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be Tom a, Cruise. it's a crank cover story soon Oh, right. cover story. <laughs> Famous. <Right. laughs> who's over here now? Wait, there's somebody over here. I think who's in the Euros? <laughs> who's at the Euros, Morgan? We'll get this now. Becca, I'm not Beckham letting go. Cruise. Um, <laughs> right. uh, no. yeah. um, None of them. Has Tom Cruise started a band? I don't yeah. think he has. It's David Beckham, Tom Cruise, and Ozzy Osbourne together. Oh, together at last. <laughs> yeah. The three lions. Oh, no, Tom Cruise is American. What was I thinking? <laughs> Thank you, no. Oh wow! Well, thank you so much, Paul. This has been yeah, a real cheers, treat. Paul. Thank you. Oh, yeah. no, my pleasure. It's been it's been great to have you on. I think a lot of people will uh, find some of this information fantastic. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get to see you soon and do one of these in the flesh, maybe at a festival or a gig yes. or something. That'd Smash nice. it! I'd like that. Yes, lovely. Cheers, Paul. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. You listen, Sammy amazing yes excellent i fucking love paul paul has worked with some absolute fucking legends it's fucking it's it's me i'm me no i have one work with legends he's worked with legends and he's worked with me um the poor bastard but yes what yeah what a fucking lineup from fucking aussie to Foo fighters to fucking nirvana to spinal tap Mm. to slipknot yeah like it's fucking it's 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 nuts. Definitely go and check out paularies.com. It is a fantastic website with some fantastic photos on it that you should check out. Yes, and his print shop is available now for you to go and check out. He does giveaways and all that kind of thing from time to time. And if you need some new home decor, as I mentioned, go and check it out because some of the portraits he have is absolutely beautiful. But we mentioned Slipknot quite a lot in the episode. Um, and just worth mentioning that this was recorded prior to the devastating news this week of the passing of one Joey Jordson, the founding drummer of Slipknot, um, passing away. Obviously, someone, as you heard, Paul has a very close relationship with for many years in the early Slipknot days, capturing and just kind of getting that working relationship together and um, I'm sure he would have shared many more stories on him um, with everything that's happened. I know he's done um, his own post on his social media um, regarding this, so go and please check that out. And um, there is, and there's a beautiful story on at the time he got to filling on drums for Metallica at Downloads Festival a few years back on our episode with Andy Copping, the boss of Donington Park on episode 132. So if you haven't checked that out yet, or you think that takes your fancy, please go back and listen to that. And um, yeah, a really inspirational drummer taken from us. Yeah. Um, yes. It's super sad. So sending all our love to 
Joey's family and friends and Slipknot and Murder Dolls and everybody he was involved with. He fucking changed the landscape. Mm. He absolutely changed the landscape of drummers. Every drummer I knew in probably 2004, 2005 would have killed to have spent five minutes with Joey Jordison and learned stuff from him. He was absolutely fucking incredible. I was lucky enough once to be invited to a gig in Paris, which was Metallica, Slipknot, and Lost Profits opening. Wow. And, yeah, it was before they'd all unmasked. So um, so I was in Lost Profits dressing room, and I went on to Jamie from Lost Profits, and I said, oh, can you do me a favour? Can we stand by the door (laughs) so we can see... If any of Slipknot walk past, just give me a nudge and be like, that's one of them. Because nobody would ever seen him without their masks on at that point, I think. Um, or if we had, it was it was rare. So Jamie was like, I, t- I could do one better than that. Come with me. And we literally walked into Slipknot's dressing room. And um, he was like, oh, this is Sean. He's a massive fan of you guys. And then next minute, I'm just sitting in Slipknot's dressing room <laughs> with all of Slipknot unmasked, just like trying to take photos of my eyes. Like, oh, remember their faces. Like I was some sort of FBI agent, <laughs> right? I need to remember these faces. And um, yeah, Joey came over and um, yeah, he talked to me for like 10 minutes and it was amazing. I was just fucking blown away. I was just, I couldn't believe that he was giving me his time. So um, yeah, fucking what a loss. What an amazing drummer. Literally changed music. Changed. If you don't think the music you listen to now is somehow, even if it's, I reckon, even if it's fucking pop punk, right? Somehow Joey Jordison has had a fucking, had a hand in how music is shaped at this very moment. So, again, not that our fucking stupid little podcast matters, but sending all our fucking love to Joey's family and friends and fucking absolutely fucking devastated so um thank you for the music and yeah unbelievable yeah i think it was a testament just to see all the reaction and love pouring out online the uh the night the news from and as you said it's from all people in different parts of the music industry loads of different kind of subgenres of bands and all that just saying how wonderful he was or just saying how much he influenced them. So here's a, a great loss and um, I'm glad we could get a little bit of insight into the behind the scenes of, of Slipknot with Paul. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it's amazing to see all this outpouring of love for him. But also part of me thinks that if you love a band, tell them today that you love them. People need to know because there's, there's too many people who are going and then you're seeing these unbelievable monumental posts about them and you're like well if they'd seen that a few years ago maybe you know they could have changed their ways or like i'm not just i'm just referring to anybody now like whatever appreciate the bands that you like while they're here please please yes yes i totally agree and do remember to go and pick up a copy of paul's slipknot book dysfunctional family portraits um, if you haven't already, there's some great photos of Joey and the whole band from their early days to up until 2015 as well. It's uh, a great read for any Slipknot fan. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed getting to do this episode, getting behind the scenes look at other aspects of the music industry. I think it's always special when we get someone as iconic as Paul on. Obviously, the majority of our guests tend to be bands but we've had people from promoters journalists and just having a lot more people like photographers and stuff I think gives a different insight into 
all the different jobs and all the very important people um, that help the music industry become what it is today. So if there's anyone or any uh, kind of avenues that you think you'd like to hear Sapnin go down, please let us know over on our social media pages at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll do our best to try and have a look and see what we can do. Yes, and if you could share, rate and subscribe where possible. If you see us posting about this episode this week, please, please share where possible. Because, like Morgan said, we, we want different parts of the music industry represented. So, whereas Paul does have a following, he might not have a following as big and as rampant as some of the bands we've done. So, if you could share... That would mean the absolute fucking world to us. We want this to get out to as many people as possible. So we appreciate every share, like, recommendation, rating, comment. Please, please share where possible. We appreciate it very, very much. And also, if you've listened, um, if you've got this far, congratulations. Um, hey! But also check out patreon.com forward slash um, where we've got a Patreon where all the money goes back into trying to make this podcast bigger and better than ever before. So, yeah, please check out patreon.com or slash sapnin. Yes, and over there, there's loads of extra content from outtakes to bonus podcasts, videos, photos, jokes, the whole lot. And you get to be included in our wonderful secret cult community. And everyone inside there just helps make each other laugh and have a fantastic time. Um, they've been doing monthly secret Santas. I know we're in the middle of summer, but they're doing monthly secret Santas now. So they, they can are. kind of gift exchange with people. And it's been very funny to see what people have got in each other. And that's a whole, whole great laugh as well. So if you want to get involved, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Um, yeah, you seem very noticed, confused um, there. No, no, I'm not confused. No, no, I was just thinking the other day, I received a message from one Jordan Harris, who's part of our um, mm. Patreon community. And he is a car salesman, and he's sold yeah. a car to one of the other Patreons, right? And he was like, I think you should be getting commi- commission for this. How is people involved in the Patreon making more money from the Patreon, right, than the people who started the Patreon? Pe- not only that. People in- we're here. People who are involved, people who are involved with the Patreon, are making more money off the Patreon than us. How make it make sense? I don't get it. I don't, yeah. Am I going to have to become a car salesman just to send everyone from our Patreon to come to me to buy a car? What do I need to do? He's he's sold he sold multiple cars as well. He sold it to one of our members and one of our members' mother. What? People are making, yeah, people are now, uh, oh, join our Patreon, right? For as little as fucking three quid a month, right? You could end up getting presents worth hundreds of pounds back from other people. It's mental. We're the only people, like, ah. But yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. We love everybody involved. And as much as that's a funny rant, I don't. 100% 100% mean it. Uh, maybe 97% mean it. But 100% no. Um, but yeah, we need to thank some of the uh, elite members of our Patreon. If you check out the description that Morgan has written out for this episode, you will already see a multitude of names in the description. But these are the elite members who we have to thank. Mom? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you very much to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, definitely change our Mikey, Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Scooby Drew Styles, Paul Hirschfield, Liam Connolly, Kelly Irwin, Kat Bess and Sammy G., Armadine Urbano, Shani Meyer Boxel Anderson, Tony Michael, Dot, Captain Hannibal, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Jenny Robson, Johnny Phillip, Mike Coxmall. Yep. I'm just I just literally pronounce it as Mike Coxmall now. Just to save just to save any uh It is, yes. Um my balls are huge. Thanks, Scott Jones. Um thank you very much, Tom Owen, Caitlin Richards, Caroline Robinson, Kate Stevenson. Danny Eaton, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Emily Senegals, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Becky Handy, Louis Cook, Jason Aredia, Marcy Jacobson, Sharif Awadali, Carl Pendlebury, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Kevin Clark, James McNaught, Stuart McNaught, Lindia Henderson, Craig, pre-apology to Josh because I'll be a drunken mess at the Mita Paris. Oh, that's worrying. Uh, thank you very much. Chris Howard, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, why can't pirates finish the alphabet because they get lost at sea? Chris, uh, you can't say fuck all, bro. Go back to the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Mark Jones, Amy Chilvers, Reese Bowring, Jacob Turner, Hurricane Katrina, Fanny Flaps Robinson. She's written her and thought that was good. I'm, it's there now. Thank you very much, Connor Lewins, Craig Gervin, Kenneth Andrews, and last by no means least, thank you very, very much to Daniel Stevenson. I think we should maybe put some sort of cap on the mention on the podcast things because I realise that takes quite a while. That's a lot of names. <laughs> it is. It and is. I have to say it every week. So yeah. maybe we should cap that. Um, so if you're thinking about getting involved with the Patreon and you want your name read out or me to pronounce something daft, <laughs> get over to patreon.com for us. That's happening now. And uh, yes, get involved. Thank you very much to all of those people. We appreciate you very, very much. Also, if you're listening to this and it's Friday, tonight my band Raiders is playing in Liverpool. On the off chance you can get to Liverpool by uh, by however t- by whatever time you've heard this, 
Um, so yeah, we play Liverpool at Shipping Forecast tonight. If you just check out at Raiders Band UK on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, the information will be there. We're playing Shipping Forecast in Liverpool this week. Next Saturday, we're playing Manchester at Night People. So, uh, yes. Thank you very much to Deadbolt for having Raiders and myself to DJ as well. Should be a good time. Please check it out. And that is it. I will stop talking now. Nice. But yes, do check out Raiders Band because Sean has a lot of things coming up over the next couple of uh, weekends that you could possibly enjoy. And for any reason, if you want to keep an eye on what I'm doing, head over to mhrichard underscore on Twitter and Instagram for some meaningless selfies and other rants about the podcast. We'll be back next week and every Friday with a very special guest. And until then, stay safe, send your love to everyone, and have a good bloody time. Send your love to everyone. Yeah, to send it. What put a it crap in the, end. Put send it in oh, envelope. you, listener, listen to this. Send your love to everyone. Put it in an envelope <laughs> and just put it in everyone's doors i don't know i've just words uh... yeah look yeah we've we've been rambling for too long now we're, yeah. we're getting silly okay um, thank you very much everybody listening um yeah see you next week stay positive where you can keep your head up keep your tongue out don't be sick please never die Sapnin! You're listening to Sabnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>